welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses and online. And I want to say this, thank you for all the encouraging texts and emails and meetings. Uh, it felt like everywhere I went this week, I ran into people from River Valley Church, and everybody had an encouraging word and was lifting me up, and uh, it was just a, such an encouraging week after the Culture Clash sermon, and uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone. I mean, all the way from everyone I met at Culver's and, and uh, went to the Timberwolves game. I was overwhelmed with people. Thank you, thank you, hey. So praise God for everybody that was just there. And I do want to give an update on the Culture Clash sermon and let you know this. Some thought that this would be a series that I would do. It is going to be a series, but we're not going to do them one after another after another. I just felt like God wanted us to do one and then step back and then do another one and step it. So it's not going to be a continual week after week after week, but there are more things that we'll talk about uh, in the future. But I want to give an update about last week and just uh, clarify a couple of things. I had several emails and, and different things that came into the church, and people said different things like this, like, if I had an abortion, if I struggle with, fill in the blank. If I confused about my gender, there were many, many, many questions that came in through emails, whether it was just to the info or to different pastors, and so I want to address that. One person said, um, am I unforgivable? Another person said, am I doomed? Another person took it up another level and said, am I damned to hell forever because I've struggled in my mind with these things? And I want to say, no, no, no. Those are lies from the enemy. Everyone can be forgiven. Everyone can find grace. And even that beautiful song, come on. We, we believe that. We believe that. And some were just like, I, I just feel like I'm too far gone that God could never forgive me. And I want to remind you, Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't say everyone that does X, Y, Z or has never done that. He says everyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I love what Jesus said in Luke 5. And some of you need to hear this. Jesus answers, answered them, it's not the healthy you need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And every one of us was a sinner that he called to repentance, all right? Every one of us. And so no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you've done, you can be forgiven. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul gives a really lengthy list of all these sins of things that people have done. And in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, this is what he says. And that's what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And Many people, if we could give them the mic for the testimony, they'd say, that's what I was, that's what I did, but God set me free. God is forgiving me, and I wanna let you know that that's available to everyone, everyone. And if you're here in our church and you're wondering if you're too far, you're not too far, the grace of God is available, all right? Now, I wanna give two other things. People said, well, I feel like I have to be perfect to come to River Valley. It just, I look around and everybody looks so put together. They're like, these people here, they just look so put together. And I just want to say, that's again, it's, it's a lie. It's a lie. Okay, a lot of us are faking it. No, I was like, all right, yeah. Okay, we're not perfect, okay? Christians are not perfect. We're just perfecting, and we're trying to be like Jesus, okay? But we're not perfect, all right? 
And another thing that you might notice when you look at people, um, you'll notice that you're like, well, it seems like this is going good in their life, and this is going good, and this is going good, and, and these things. Well, Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to the, please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So a lot of us have been just sowing things to the Spirit, and then we're reaping a harvest for, like I've been walking with Jesus for over 50 years, and I've been sowing to the Spirit, and so I'm reaping things from living this. Some of you are new in faith, and you're, you're wondering, like, I've got all this mess, and God's like, start sowing to the Spirit, start living, watch what I do inside you, and you're gonna start reaping this harvest, it's gonna happen. But this is not for perfect people here, all right? And then um, another thing that I just wanna clarify, Again, met with people in the lobby after the service, and people would say, like, well, I, this is my struggle, and I just feel like, you know, like, God understands. And it was like, they, they limited the power of God, okay? And I don't ever want our church to limit the power of God, because people say, like, well, I'm stuck. This is where I am. This is where I'm going to stay. I'm going to have to live a life of misery. Many act like Jesus can only understand your situation. Like, all he can do is put an arm around you, guy, I understand. I understand, it's really bummer, it's a bummer. I totally understand, you know? Okay, he does understand what you're going through, but he goes way beyond that. He goes way beyond that, and there's step one that I would say is Jesus will give you peace in the midst of your pain. And so some people, like, they go from, he understands, well, he'll give you peace. He'll give you, he'll give you strength and peace to endure in your pain, and that is true. That is true, but we don't stop there. I want you to know this. Our God is a powerful God. Our God still works miracles. Our God still says you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our God says that I can still change that situation. I can reverse that. I've seen way too many miracles to just pray like I understand and peace. He's understand, he's peace, and he's powerful. And I want you to hear that because some people are like, uh, well, that's all the further you can get is just peace and the struggle. There's the ability for him to give you the breakthrough, all right? And at the end of the service, I wanna speak to our prayer teams at all of our campuses. Pray that way. Pray the power of God. I mean, don't just like, yeah, he understands you. I mean, it is true that he does and don't just pray he's gonna give you peace. He will give you peace, but also have faith and belief that God can do a miracle in any situation, all right? So whether you've been here a long time or new, we're glad you're here, and that wasn't the sermon, all right? All right? My sermon today, I just felt this so strongly, I wanna change it uh, from where we were going to this one today, and the title of my sermon is Show Me the Receipts. Show me the receipts. People may ask you, how do you know you're a Christian? How do you know? They may say like, uh, how do you know you're saved? How do you know that you're a Christian? And just to make sure people understand that the meaning of the word saved means delivered from the guilt and punishment of our sins that separated us from God. We've been made right, we've been saved, and we've been delivered of that. And to be a Christian, it's someone who spiritually is born again by the Spirit of God, and you wholeheartedly trust in Jesus Christ, and you seek to follow him in obedience. You're a Christian. All right, so sometimes people will ask, like, are you a Christian? And sometimes they ask it, like, to confirm it. Like, are you a Christian? No, I had one friend of mine, I was having lunch with him this last week, and he said that somebody at his work, you know, said, are, are you a Christian? They just wanted to confirm it. And he said, I am. And he's like, I thought so. 
But sometimes they might ask you to, you know, like, are you a Christian? <laughs> like, really? After the way you've been? Like, really? You know, we don't want that one, all right? Yeah. <laughs> but whether it's them asking it or even in our own minds, how many know, like, you know, you'll have that thought, like, am I a Christian? I, I, I talk to people in the, the lobby and they'll say, like, I, 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 I'm pretty sure I'm a Christian. I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and so I'll start asking them questions. And so I wanted to help our church to understand this, that, you know, you can know. You can know. There are receipts that you can show that you are a Christian. And I want to be clear, the only way to become a Christian is to, uh, by faith, believe in the grace of God, that Jesus Christ paid the price. You received this grace that he's going to forgive you. You didn't have to work for it. And you have the faith to believe in that. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that your sins were paid for on the cross, that God raised Jesus from the dead, that he's your Lord and Savior, and that he wants to forgive you, and you are saved. You get in that way. But people ask, you know, after they stumble or struggle or they don't live up to what they're, am I really a Christian? Am I really saved? Um, I, I'm trying to figure this out. So let me help you out with this. Am I saved? Are you a Christian? Now, because this is an internal thing that happens, like we'll have people pray in our church services. At the end of the service, we'll say, you know, if you want to say yes to Jesus, raise your hand. There's a, a, a physical thing that people say, like, yep, I want to do it. But how many know they pray it and it's internal, this change? And so you're like, how do I show people? How do I give them the receipts that I really am saved, that I really am a Christian? And um, it's, it's interesting because, because it's on the inside, it's a little harder. How many know it's a little harder to do? Like if you were to ask me, are you married? You say, Pastor Rob, are you married? I would say, yep, married. Got a ring right here. Uh, if you check my screensaver, got my family on there. My wife's right there. I, I, matter of fact, there is my wife right over there. You can talk to her. I'm married. But somebody says like, are you a good husband? Then I'm like, oh, how many know that's like, what did I, you know, that's a little harder. It's not just, you know, so I'd be like, uh, how many do I go through the list? Well, I, I buy her flowers. Um, uh, uh, and then I'd say, like, talk to her. Like, see if I am, right? It's hard. How many know it's harder to answer that one? So there's an internal thing, like, are you saved? Are you a Christian? And it's something that, that, that we, it's harder to say, but I want to give you the receipts. And what makes it even harder to stand out as a Christian, especially in America, is the rest of the world thinks that all that we do is Christian. They just think like, when you travel the rest of the world, they think we're a Christian nation. And, they, and, and we were founded on biblical principles. We were founded with freedom of religion. There were Christians that came here for freedom of worship. But they think like Hollywood and Wall Street and Main Street, and they're kind of like, if that's, you know, and it confuses it. And they're like, I don't see the receipts. I don't see the receipts. So now, because of this, a lot of people use the wrong receipts to try to say, I'm a Christian, I'm saved. One of the wrong receipts is people say, I'm a good person. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Well, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Well, I've met good people that didn't know God. I've known good people that do amazing good things. Like, I'll never forget when we were doing humanitarian aid with a missions trip, and I met some people, and they were doing humanitarian aid, and they were with these orphans and whatnot. And I was like, tell me about your faith. And they're like, I don't have any faith. And I was, I was kind of like, oh, you, okay, you're doing good deeds too. You're not a believer. Wow, I thought that, you know, because it's a wrong receipt. Others will say, I, I read the Bible. I met a guy once that said, I don't, I don't know Jesus. I don't have faith in God. I've read the Bible 12 times. I met an atheist once that I was talking about the faith, and he could quote more scriptures than me. All right, so that's a wrong receipt. Well, I, somebody, like, I don't read the Bible. I own a Bible. You use that as your receipt. Doesn't work. 
Some people will say it's a wrong receipt. Well, I was baptized as a kid. Have you heard anybody say that? Well, of course I'm a Christian. I was baptized as a kid. You know, it's a wrong receipt, okay? Others will say, I do good works. Like all my good deeds and my good works, you know, these are wrong receipts. Matthew 7, says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Like, I do good works, and he's like, no, that doesn't, that's not it, that's not it. So what are the receipts? And I wanna give you some receipts, and these are not all of them. These are not all of them, I wanna show you some receipts. How do you know that you're saved? How do you know that you're a Christian, all right? The first, the, the first ones I'm gonna give you are inner receipts. These are inner receipts for when your own mind attacks you or the enemy attacks you and says, you're not a Christian, or your own mind says, I don't even know if I'm saved, I don't even know, I'm trying to figure this out, okay? So the first one is this, have you repented of your sins? Because if you've repented of your sins and you've recognized that what you do is evil and what you do is wrong and what you do has separated you from God and you said, God, I wanna turn away from those things and I've repented of those things and I will turn away and I wanna live differently and I wanna say that I'm sorry for what I've done and I confess those and I repent those to you, that is a, an inner receipt that you have as a child of God. You think about that moment. I remember when, when, okay, I was seven years old and Billy Graham said, you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I was seven years old. But how many know by that time I had already stolen something? How many know that I had lied? How many know that I had hated my brother by that time, right? You know, my brother was five. You know, I had a lot of, you know, and I remember when he said it, he didn't have to convince me. I knew it. I knew it. And, I, and when he said, you need to repent and these things have separated, I felt so sad and so wrong. I'll never forget, like, uh, my life of crime. You wanna hear about my life of crime? We were at um, a store in Bloomington and I wanted a piece of bazooka gum. How many remember bazooka gum? Like a penny, maybe it was half a penny. I don't even remember, it was so cheap. And I was a little kid and I said to my mom, I want a piece of gum. And she said, no, you can't have one. And when she wasn't looking, I just kind of right in the pocket. And I brought that bazooka gum out to the car and in the back seat, I don't know why she couldn't use the rear view mirror or hear the wrapper, but I just thought she can't see this. And I opened up that bazooka gum and popped it in. And then she could hear me chomping on the gum and she said, did you steal that gum? No, uh, then I was a liar and a thief. She brought me back into the manager. She, the true story, she brought me back into the manager and she said, this young man stole gum and I want, he better pay you right now so you don't throw him in jail. And, and he goes, oh, we won't throw the kid in jail. She said, stay there, Robbie. That was my name when I was like, Robbie. And she said to the manager, she said, you go over, you tell my son you're gonna throw him in jail or I'll come after you. <laughs> and she went over there and the manager comes over and he said, we will throw you in jail. Give me that penny for the bazooka. And then he ran away from my mom, you know. <laughs> but I knew that I had sinned. Seriously, I knew it. I felt the guilt, and then afterwards I had the gum, and I, she's like, well, you paid for the gum. I didn't even want the gum. I wanted to spit it out because it just reminded me of disobedience, and, and I stole, and I lied, and I didn't want to live that way. When you repent of your sin, it's an inner witness. It's a receipt that God gives you, like you did that. I see the way that you have turned from that, and you see that as evil, and you don't want to do that, all right? Another thing is, when you, the receipt that you get when you're saved is you have an inner witness, an inner witness. The Holy Spirit has an inner witness to you that you are 
a child of God. 1 John 5.10, it says, he who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who believes in the Son of God has this witness in himself. The Spirit of God says, you are saved. You are forgiven. Romans 8.16 says this as well. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That's a receipt. That's a, I thank God for that, that, that the Holy Spirit is letting me know that I have this receipt, that I truly am saved, all right? Here's another one that is a, uh, an inside receipt. You have an increasing love for God. It, it, do you have an increasing love for God? If you're saved, you are going to have an increasing love for God. Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Do you love God and is that increasing? And you're like, God, I love you. Do you love his kingdom? Do you love his will? Do you love him? Is that there? Because before you knew God, you didn't love God like that. And it becomes an inner receipt that God gives you, all right? Here's another one, an inner receipt. You have a readiness to do or endure anything for Christ. That's an inner receipt that you're saved. Like Colossians 1.10, I'm gonna read the word on a couple of these. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. You're ready to do and endure anything. 1 John 2.3, this is how we can be sure that we've come to know him if we continually keep his commandments. That's an inner receipt. Like, I wanna do the right thing. I remember when my parents would give me the opportunity. They said, do you wanna go with your friends and do this or, or that? Like, you need to go pray. And I remember thinking, I don't wanna do that. I wanna do the right thing with God. I wanna obey God. It was a confirmation, an inner receipt that something had really happened in my heart and I was saved. These are inner receipts. And what's so sad is too many people want forgiveness without that last receipt. I want forgiveness, I don't wanna to go to hell, I don't want that, but that thing about obeying you or enduring, what that's not being saved. That's not being saved. When you're saved, you are like, I wanna obey you, I wanna follow you. This wasn't just fire insurance, this is like, I love you, I want to do this, I desire to do this, I will go where you want me to go, I'll do what you want me to do, I'll give what you want me to give, I'll serve where you want me to serve, I'll say what you want me to say, I'll pray what you want me to pray, I'll love who you want me to love, I'll forgive who you want me to forgive. That's like an inner witness that you're saved, all right? Here's another one, uh, an inner witness, a receipt, if you will. You long to be with God for eternity. Before you were saved, you weren't thinking about like, I wanna spend eternity with God. I wanna be in his presence. You weren't looking forward to that at all. But then when you give your life to Jesus and you become saved, you start longing to be in his presence. You start longing for God to be, for you and God to meet face to face. There's a longing in there that's like an inner receipt that's there. 2 Timothy 4.8, the apostle Paul writes this. He says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. There's a longing for heaven that wasn't there before. There's a longing to be face-to-face -face in God's presence. And I was challenged just the other day. Just the other day, I was having dinner with a great friend of ours, Dick Brogdon. Many of you know him. And he was sharing, and he said to this group that was having dinner, and he says, my desire is to bring Jesus 
to the world, the message of Jesus to the world, so all will have an opportunity to hear the message of Jesus, so then the end can come, and then Jesus can return for his church, and then we can spend forever and ever with our heavenly Father and our Lord and Savior forever in eternity. And as I'm eating dinner with him, I ask myself, am I saved? (laughs) Wow. And it increased the longing in me. The longing that's there that we want to be with our Heavenly Father. We want to be with our Lord and Savior. So those are inside receipts that are there, but there's outside receipts too. The first outside receipt, if you will, is we love people. If you have been saved, if you're a Christian, you love people. That means people in the church. That means people outside that church. That means the pretty people, the ugly people, the nice people, the mean people. You love people. When you leave the parking lot today, ask yourself, am I saved, all right? (laughs) But you love people. Jesus said this, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. He's like saying, it's a receipt. The world's gonna look, do you love one another? Do you love your brothers and sisters in Christ? Do you love those people? Do you love the people outside the church? Are you gonna live a life of loving these people? 1 John 3, 14 says, we know that we have passed from death to life, because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. It's a receipt. And we can show this to the world by the way we open our heart to them, by the way we open our our calendar to them and give them time, by the way we open our wallet to them, and we say, I love you. I love you, and God's changed me, and I'm saved. And one of the ways that I can show the world with a receipt that I'm really a Christian is I love these people, I admit, some people are harder to love than others. It's true. But we love, we love, we love, and we say, God, give us the strength to love them, please. And there's just that conviction of, that wasn't very lovable. Go apologize. We love people, and that's an outward receipt to the world. There's another receipt. Um, We pursue holiness and spiritual growth. If there's an outward receipt, like we pursue holiness, holiness, and spiritual growth. Now, sometimes we stumble, but we don't ignore this, and we are called the holiness. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So we're pursuing this holiness, and we're pursuing this spiritual growth, and when we stumble and we fall, we go to God and we say, God, I confess this to you, I'm sorry for this, I ask for a deeper cleansing, that's not the way I wanna live. I want to look like you. So we do this. We want to be holy like God. That's that. Before you knew Jesus, before you were saved, you had no desire to be holy. Most people were trying to be very unholy, okay? 1 Peter 1.15 says, instead, be holy in every aspect of your life, just as the one who called you is holy. This receipt is one that makes a difference. This receipt makes a difference. The world looks at this one and they're like, you live differently. They may mock you for it. How many know they will mock you for holiness? But they see it and it's a receipt that something is different in you. It's an outward receipt to the world that says, I want to be holy. 
I want to be like my loving heavenly father. I, I don't want to live the ways of the world. I want, to, I want to pursue this. This is a receipt that is there. And you keep growing in your, in your spiritual growth. This is a receipt that you continue to grow in your spiritual growth and, and you start, again, looking more like God, but you are understanding who he is. This is a receipt to the world that you're, that you're saved, that something has happened on the inside. Second uh, Peter 1, let me read this lengthy passage. Second Peter 1, verses five through nine. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to your goodness, knowledge, and to your knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love, for, you, if you, if, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. There's a whole list there that he's like, you add this, you add this, you add this, and these are more receipts. And as you add these to your life, these are things that the world will see and say there must be something different in there. All right, another receipt. We love prayer, we love worship, and we love God's word. It's a receipt. We love it. We don't endure it. We actually love it, okay? With the word of God, Psalm 119, verse 140 says, your word is very pure and your servant loves it. I think of the privilege that we get to read the word of God and I'm leaning into it and I'm loving that I have the word of God, that I have the Bible as something that I can read and as, as somebody that has, it's like a receipt. It's a receipt. When I was a youth pastor, I challenged our youth group. I said like, let, I want you to love the word of God so much and I want you to be unashamed and let the word of God be a, a receipt to the world that you know, your life has been changed. And I challenge you to carry your Bible for 30 days everywhere you go. Now people are like, I do it all the time, it's on my phone. This is old school paper, you know. And they were traveling around. They just said there was something about that, that they put the Bible. You put all sorts of books down on a table and how many, no, people don't even care. You put the Bible there and all of a sudden it's like, what is that doing right there? It's a receipt that we love the word of God, but it's a receipt that we pray. In Matthew chapter six, Jesus said, when you pray, when you pray, when you pray, that's a receipt that we love to pray. Again, before we knew God, we didn't pray. And now that we know God, we pray. It's a receipt to the world to see. There's another one, worship, worship. Worship is just something that you love worship and you lean into worship, living a life of worship and also being able to express your worship to God. Hebrews 12, 28 says this, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and worship God in reverence and fear in a way that pleases him. Man, I wanna worship God. I love to worship him. I love to be in his presence. I love to express his praise coming off my lips. It's an outward receipt that something has happened there. And also baptism. I said before that I was baptized as a kid, but do you realize sometimes as an outward receipt, really it is the outward receipt to the world, we get baptized, we get water baptized, and we practice a believer's baptism at River Valley Church. We say if God has changed you on the inside, why don't you show the receipt to the world and invite people to come to see your water baptism and to see your public declaration of what happened on the inside. Let them see an outward sign 
that something happened on the inside. And I'll have people say to me, like, I don't want to invite my friends and family at that one. I, you know, I've even had people say, can we just do a private little one, like, just like my family and nobody else? And I'm like, that defeats the purpose. This was meant to be a receipt to the world that shows them something happened on the inside, and not, I'm not ashamed to be water baptized in front of my family and my friends and my coworkers because this is a receipt to the world that says something happened on the inside. Man, this is beautiful. These are just some of the receipts. And I pray that if you, if you know this, I pray you'd go back to that scripture I read early on, Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. I pray that the Spirit of God says to you, you are saved. When you said yes to Jesus that day, he forgave you. I pray that the Holy Spirit reassures you, yes, I am dwelling within you. You, you, you are forgiven, you are saved, and you know the forgiveness of God. And I, I just pray right now that people just say, I get that, I get it. And I know there are thousands and thousands and thousands in our church that they know they're saved, they really do. But I know that there could be people today here and online at all of our campuses that say, I don't know, I don't know. And in just a moment, we're gonna give an opportunity for you to say, yep, I'm gonna say yes to Jesus. I'm gonna believe in God. I'm gonna ask him to forgive me. I'm gonna raise my hand physically and then I'm gonna pray at the end and I'm gonna say yes to Jesus and he's gonna forgive me of my sins. And then you can know that you're saved, that you're forgiven, that you're made right and you're a child of God and he promises eternal life, and you can look forward to that day with him forever and ever, but it comes with that decision. So before this happens at all of our campuses, I wanna pray this prayer and then turn it over to the campus pastors, but this is that moment. I just wanna pray and wrap up this service and then let them give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So Lord, I just pray right now that you'd help us to live in that. So many of us, we know that we're saved. We have that spiritual witness. We know it. We love to worship, we love your word, we love uh, pursuing holiness. We love that we have grace, we love that we're in the family of God and we're not alone and that we are called to a higher level of living, that we forgive those that trespass against us, that we love people, that we sacrifice for people. We thank you, God, for the, the inner receipts and the external receipts that the world sees, but God, we thank you that your spirit just confirms to us that we have said yes to Jesus, that we have been cleansed, that we have been made right, that we have been forgiven. And so God, we thank you for that. And I pray today for here and at all the campuses, for people that need to say yes to you, that they would make that moment. They would say, I, I, I might've been using wrong receipts. I might've said that I was raised as a Christian. I might've been using these wrong receipts, but God, may they move from wrong receipts to the right receipts, knowing that they are forgiven and that they are made new. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen and amen.